Welcome to Precepts of Faith. Um, this is Conrad DeFries. Um, welcome you to our Bible class, Bible study today. <clears throat> and we're going to have a word of prayer and just get right in and sit down at the table and feed upon God's Word. Heavenly Father, we always count it such an honor and a privilege. And we will a trillion years from now to be part of the family of God to have God, you as our Father, Jesus as our elder brother, the Holy Spirit as our fellow, one to fellowship and to reveal and be the executor of the will, to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And we yield ourselves, myself and everyone listening, we all yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. He's the teacher, he's the guide to reveal and illuminate and bring to our understanding, our hearts and minds, his precious holy word. And we give you thanks for it, and we receive it by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this evening we're continuing on. We began talking about spiritual warfare a couple of lessons ago. And when we did, we got into the main area of spiritual warfare is in the mind and the flesh. Uh, sometimes there's a time to cast out a devil or to directly come at demons or take authority. But spiritual warfare is not so much a one-time emotional burst of something against the devil. Spiritual warfare is really a long-term mental attitude, commitment to the Word of God, uh, obedience to the Word, um, to, to overcome the enemy. And uh, so we, we begin to dwell and look at the Word of God on the, the two main areas, is in the mind and in the flesh. And, and of course we begin to learn that the flesh is the sin nature, which entered in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it tells us, by one man, Adam's sin, the sin nature, entered it came on stage like an actor, entered into the world in death by sin, that is spiritual death, um, for all have sinned. Um, how could all sin? Because all were in the loins of Adam except the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so we see the two areas of warfare primarily are, are the mind and the flesh, the flesh being the sin nature. We have three main enemies, the world, and the devil, and the flesh, or the sin nature. What the Word of God is revealing to us is that if you can get control and understand how to give the sin nature no door or no avenue, then you can keep the world and the devil out. A lot of people just want to fight the devil. They want to roll up their sleeves and fight and conquer sin. But, you know, Jesus has already conquered sin. We only have one fight to fight, and that is the good fight of faith. We don't have to fight the devil and fight the world and fight sin and fight all of these things. We just really have to learn how to fight the good fight of faith and obey the word of God. Uh, and like the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, I keep under my body, really, I keep the sin nature under. I keep it under control, give it no place, um, so that after having preached the gospel, I myself will not be a castaway. Um, 
And so we learn many different names, a number of them to, that talk about the sin nature. It's the flesh. It can be called sin. It can be called the old man. It's, it can be called members and uh, different terminologies, particularly in the book of Romans and a few other places, um, talking about the sin nature. Most people are not having, they think the devil is their problem, but they're not really having as much problem with the devil as they are with the sin nature. The sin nature is located not in a person's spirit, um, even a person that's not born again. It's located, it's located in the flesh. Just like the earth is cursed, uh, the dirt, the earth, um, the curses upon the earth, um, and the curses upon the flesh, the sin nature is located in the flesh. Our bodies are good, and we should take good care of them, but that is where the sin nature, so a lot of times talking about the flesh, we're talking about the sin nature. So we went into that more in the last lesson about the sin nature. Tonight we're going to um, begin and really go more in depth in the book of Romans, chapter 7. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, you want to turn there. We're going to be covering a lot of those verses in Romans chapter 7, which will, which will open up a lot um, about the sin nature. And what we're going to do in this lesson, by the grace of God, we're going to see how can I take charge of the sin nature? How can I keep under my body? What can I do so that I give no place or don't open a door to the devil? How can I understand the sin nature, do what God tells me to do in his word so that I can close the door because the world and the devil cannot get to a believer except through a Christian yielding to the sin nature. If a believer does not yield to the sin nature, the devil and the world cannot get in. That's the only avenues the world and the devil can come into a believer. Because he said, sin has no more dominion over us. Neither give place to the devil. Submit yourself to God and the devil will flee. He will run as in terror from you. So it's not, uh, there is some answers in the Word of God how to overcome these things. We're going to begin in the book of Romans, chapter 7, in verse 1. It says, Know ye not, brethren, so he's talking to believers, talking to Christians here, not just talking to the world. He says, For I speak, uh, I speak to them that know the law. Now here he's talking about the natural law, not the law of Moses, but the natural law. How that the law, the natural law, hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. Which He's talking about marriage here, but really he's going to talk about walking in the spirit or going after being yielding to the, to the sin nature. Verse 2, for the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. Verse 3, so then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another, then she committeth adultery. 
But if her husband be dead, then it goes on to say that she is loose from that law and she is no more bound to that law. So this is talking about a natural law. But when that spouse is dead, that person is loosed and free to marry to another. He's really likening this to be married when we're born in this world, it's like we are married to the sin nature. But we're going to see in the Word of God that when we receive Jesus Christ and, and he went to the cross and took our sin nature, that we are no more married to that sin nature. Even though it's still in our flesh and in our bodies, and it has no more dominion over us. And Romans 7, verse 4, Wherefore... My brethren, he's talking to believers there, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. The body of Christ there is talking about the crucifixion of Christ. You become dead to the law like a natural law of a husband and wife married, and one of them dies. Here Christ, the body of Christ, talking about the crucifixion, uh, that ye should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead. He said that we should bring forth fruit unto God. So in other words, when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, it's like we're crucified with him, we're buried with him, we're risen with him, we ascended with him, we're seated in heavenly places with him. So we have to see ourselves crucified with him and become dead to sin, that is, dead to the sin nature. Romans chapter 7 and verse 6. Um, but now we are delivered um, from the law, uh, that being dead, uh, wherein we were held, uh, talking about that natural law, that we should serve uh, in newness of spirit, uh, and not in the oldness of the letter. Just as Christ died on the cross and took our sin, not sins, he took our sin, singular, he took our sin nature, and then when he was raised from the dead and walking in newness of life, we are to liken ourselves crucified with Christ that, that gets rid of the problem. Um, it takes care of the sin problem, but it's not until he's raised uh, in resurrection, in newness of life, and there is our answer. The problem gets, the sin problem gets solved um, at the cross, um, but in the resurrection, in newness of life, resurrection, zoe life, um, that is where we are to walk even as he walks in newness of life. Of course, though that took a period of time, but today when we receive Jesus Christ, we get all of that at one time. We get the problem solved for sin. We get the answer, the newness, the Zoe resurrection life. We're seated with him in heavenly places. We get an inheritance. We have all these things happening in an instant, in, in a moment of time. In the book of Romans, chapter 7 and verse 9, he says, For I was, I was alive without the law once, once, 
But when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Verse 10, in the commandment which was ordained to life, which was ordained to life, found to be unto death. Verse 11, for sin, talking about the sin nature, for sin taking occasion by the commandment to deceive me and by it slew me. Now, these are some of the most difficult scriptures to understand probably in the Bible. There's several places, but this is one of the difficult passages. And what he's talking about here is um, the law is righteous, it's holy, and it's good, the Bible says. Um, the law was not given to bring death. The law was given to expose sin or to expose the sin nature. People in the Old Testament were not born again. They didn't have the Holy Spirit to lead them and guide them, show them what to do. But the law came to expose sin. And, and Paul is saying here by the Holy Spirit, he's saying that that came to do good it has brought death unto me. It has exposed the sin nature that is in my flesh, and the sin nature is taking the law and using it as a base of operation and, and using the law to slay him. In other words, when a person finds out, okay, the law says I shouldn't do this, it says I should do that, I'm not doing what I should, and the devil, using the sin nature, will take that and beat a person over the head with it, and they will think I'm just no good, I can't do it, I can't live it, and they just think they're worse and worse and worse, and the devil will take it, just like Paul is saying here, by the Holy Spirit. He's saying, that that came to do good has brought death unto me, and sin, using it, using the law, has slain me. He's taken what meant to be good, and it's turning out not to be a blessing, but to be a curse to him. A lot of people, when they realize they're doing wrong, uh, that they're living in sin, whether it's murmuring, complaining, telling white lies, whatever it is, uh, not doing what they ought to do, um, then what the flesh wants to do um, is the flesh works in different ways. Um, if the flesh is not just going to sin, sin, sin um, through lasciviousness, um, then the flesh will try to be extremely moral and extremely good. Well, I'm going to church. I'm giving money. I'm going to sing in the choir. I'm going to mow the grass at the church. I'm going to paint a Sunday school room. It just wants to do good, 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 trying to get back in the goodnesses of God because it's been out of fellowship. That person's been out of fellowship with God. That just creates wood, hay, and stubble um, instead of gold, silver, and precious stones. Um, good works. Um, that is one of the things that was revealed in the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. If you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, 
you know, certainly evil is easy to recognize, but that tree of knowledge of good was human good, human good works. And you see religions all over the world, people trying to do good works to please God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create, I'm going to get a lot of money. I'm going to help a lot of people. I'm going to do a lot of things. They're trying through good works to please God. But that is not the thing to do. When a person finds themselves missing the mark, trespassing, having iniquity or sin, even if it's little, if it's a spiritual sin or a natural physical sin, whatever it is, good works is not the answer to that problem. 1 John 1.9 is the answer. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to cleanse us, forgive us, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That gets us back in fellowship with God. Then, when we're back in fellowship, then we can be led by the Spirit of God. Once you're born again, you have the Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of you. You are the temple of God. Out of your, your belly flows rivers of living water. Greater is he that's not just in heaven, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You have the Holy Spirit, uh, the Spirit of Christ dwelling on the inside of you, in your spirit. Um, you have this sin nature in your flesh, um, but you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in your spirit. Um, what a Christian wants to do if they get out of fellowship, don't just try to do a lot of good works so you can get back in, in the graces of God. That's not the way. Jesus, his sacrifice, death, burial, and resurrection is the only way to get back. The cleansing blood of Jesus is the avenue to cleanse from all sin. Good works don't cleanse from all sin. It takes the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. So you go to 1 John 1, 9, you confess your sin. By faith you receive forgiveness of that sin, and his blood cleanses you from all sin. You get back in fellowship then you begin to follow his leading, follow his instructions, follow his plan for your life, and not just trying to do good works and to get back into uh, to get back into fellowship with him. In the book of Romans, chapter seven and verse fifteen, it says, "For that which I do, I allow not; for what I would, that do I not." But what I uh, would do, or that that I do, he says, I hate that do I. In other words, what I want to do, I'm not doing. What I don't want to do, that I'm doing. He is just all mixed up. He's wanting to do what's right. He's talking about the picture of a true believer that is born again, has the Spirit of God in their spirit, has the desire in their heart to do what is right, yet they find themselves doing what they don't want to do and what they have a desire to do, they're not doing, so they're doing what they hate doing. And so this is the picture here. This is actually where the Apostle Paul, is, by the Holy Spirit, is just taking us step by step how he got the revelation of the sin nature. In other words, 
He knew he had the Spirit of God on the inside in his spirit, and yet he found another law in his members, in his flesh, warring against his spirit. But really, once you get a hold of the Word of God, it is not God's plan or will that a Christian is in a constant warfare between your flesh, your sin nature, and your born-again spirit. God gives us the avenues how to have the victory over the sin nature. Even though you can't get rid of it, yet you can learn to keep it under so that it does not dominate or have sway and you yield to the Spirit. In Romans chapter 7, verse 17, Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin, that is the sin nature, that dwelleth in me. He's recognizing it's not me, the real me, the spirit man on the, it's not me that's doing this. It's the sin nature that dwelleth in me. That's what's doing this. And you're yielding to that. And you don't want to yield to that. You want to learn to yield to the spirit. In verse 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, and that is in the sin, where the sin nature is, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me in his spirit man. To will, I really want to do the good things. I want to do what God wants me to do. But now to perform that which is good, I find not. I'm trying to do the right thing. I know I want to do the right thing, but something on the inside of me is coming out, and it's that that I hate. I, I don't want to do what is coming out of me. In the 19th verse, for the good that I would, that I, would I do not. I'm not doing the good that I want to do, but, but the evil which I would not that I do. He's doing what he doesn't want to do, but he's explaining how this works to us right here. There's three things that is required to have victory over this, and it's found in the book of Romans chapter 6. In verses 3, 6, and 9, it has three things to know. When you know those three things, then you can go to verse 11 and reckon yourself dead to sin. And then to verse 13, yield not to unrighteousness, but yield your members, yield yourself to, the, to righteousness so that you can do the will of God. In the book of Romans, I want to look at those. In verse chapter 6, verse 3, it says, this is the first no, know ye not that so many of us um, as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Um, that's the first thing you have to know. You have to know three things um, and get a hold of that. When you know that, then you can reckon yourself dead to obeying the sin nature. So the first thing to know um, is that when you were baptized into Jesus Christ, that is not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You're baptized into the body of Christ at the new birth. That, that's, that's a baptism. When you were baptized into Jesus Christ, you were baptized into his death. So that when he was crucified, you were crucified. 
when he died to the sin nature and overcame it, you overcame it. You identify with him. This is where identification is so important. Um, he identifies with our sin. We identify with his righteousness. And then in verse 6, um, knowing this, here's the second knowing, knowing this, that our old man, that is the sin nature, is crucified with him, that the body of sin, that's where the sin nature is located, that the body of sin might be destroyed. That doesn't mean it's annihilated. It isn't done away with, but it is put under subjection. It has no more dominion over a believer any longer. Uh, that henceforth we should not serve sin or that we should not serve the sin nature. You see right here, he's saying by knowing these things, you're baptized into Christ, and you're crucified with him, and, uh, that the body of sin, that is the sin nature, is destroyed, it's defeated, it's still there, but it loses its dominion. Verse 9, another one. This is the third one. Knowing him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. That is spiritual death. In other words, just as you are he was crucified, you and I, the believers, are crucified with him. That sin, the sin nature, has no more dominion. When you know, when you know these three things, then you can put into action, verse 11, likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. When you know and you know and you know those three things, you can take them and reckon yourself to be dead to the sin nature. It is no longer has dominion over you. It no longer has authority over you because you've reckoned yourself dead to sin. That is, you still have the ability to sin. It is still there, but it no longer has dominion. You can yield to it, and it will, it will have power over you, but, but you do not have to. With your mind, with your decisions, you can know this and know this and know this and then reckon yourself dead to sin. Then in verse 13, you give your, your body and your life as instruments or weapons of righteousness unto God. Verse 20, Romans 7, verse 20. Now if I do... If I do that, I would not. It is no longer I that do it, but sin, that is the sin nature that dwelleth in me. The word of God is so beautiful and has all the answers. Praise God. Verse, verse 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. In other words, there's something on the inside that's my spirit I want to do, but I find that evil is present. There's something, there's something else on the inside of me, and it's the sin nature in my flesh. Romans 7, 22. 
for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, talking about your physical body, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, the law of the sin nature, which is in my members. It's in my old man, my flesh, my body. It is there. In the 24th verse, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Paul thought he was a wretched person and a, and a, a, a Christian that is yielding to the sin nature is a very wretched, troubled, unhappy person. But the only reason that you would feel wretched um, or a Christian would feel that way is because of a lack of knowledge of the Word of God. But when you take those three things to know um, in Romans chapter 6 and you reckon yourself dead to sin, uh, then you can yield yourself not unto unrighteousness, but you can yield yourself unto righteousness and become an instrument or a weapon to be used of God. In Romans 7, verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, here, here's the answer, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh, the law of sin. So he gives us right here, he takes us through all of Romans chapter 7. What I would do, I'm not doing. What I don't want to do, I'm doing. What I want to do, I'm not doing. Back and forth, I'm wrestling with this. Wretched as many Christians become sometimes. They're trying to do good. They're fighting the world. They're fighting the devil. Evil spirits are trying to find an inroad to get in. Things are coming out of believers. They don't want to come out of them. They're wanting good things to come out of them, but evil things, evil words, evil actions. Um, but right here in God's Word is the answers um, for those things, knowing those three things. Um, you can reckon yourself dead to sin. Um, and then he in finishes up chapter 7 by saying, With the mind I serve the law of God. And that takes us right into Romans chapter 8, where he talks about being led by the Spirit. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The word condemnation there is the judgment from God upon sinners. Once you're born again, that judgment of God is not upon you. There's therefore now no condemnation, no judgment that's reserved just for sinners, for unsaved people. The second part of that verse is not found in most translations, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. But it is found in the original text in, in verse 4. So we see... For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin, the law of the sin nature, the law of sin and death. So here he comes right from the back and forth 
trying to do the right thing in chapter 7, gives us the answer, takes us right into Romans chapter 8, which is one of the greatest chapters in the Word of God, a believer learning to be led by the Spirit. Your Spirit is connected to the Holy Spirit, learning to be led by the Spirit. And he goes on to say in verse 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So to be carnally minded is death. To be sense ruled, carnal just means ruled by the five senses. To be carnal minded, ruled by the five senses, is spiritual death. But to, but to be spiritually minded, in other words, with my mind, I choose to obey the law of God. I choose to obey the Word of God. I choose to do what the Word of God dictates and what it says. So with our mind, that's where the warfare is. That's where the main battle is going on, is in the mind. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You can bring your thoughts. Every one of us are free moral agents. We have the power and the ability to bring our thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ. With our minds, we can choose to serve the law of God rather than the law of sin, though it will be in our physical bodies until we get a new body. But in our life today, like Paul, we can keep under the sin nature. We can keep under our bodies and bring it into subjection. And then if we need forgiveness, if that's necessary, use 1 John 1, 9, get back in fellowship. Um, then with your mind, begin to choose to obey what the Holy Spirit is leading. He's on the inside of you. He hasn't left you. you if you get out of fellowship, he doesn't leave. He's still right there. You may not hear him, but he's right there. He's there to lead you, to guide you, to help you, to show you the way. He's always there to bring you out. You know, the Holy Spirit does not condemn a believer. There's only one. The Holy Spirit condemns sinners of one sin of not receiving Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's in John chapter 16, verse uh, 8 and 9, I believe. And it's our heart that condemns us. If our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence towards God. Our born-again spirit will condemn us if we're missing the mark, if we're not doing what God wants us to do. But Jesus came not into the world to condemn. God is not going around condemning his children. He's there to lead them out. Your born-again spirit will condemn you. It will convict you of anything you're missing the mark. But the Holy Spirit is there not to condemn you, but to lead you out, to help you, to bring you into victory. And he's there and only has victory for us. Praise God. Well, remember, in the book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 23, all things are possible to them that believe.